Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. This week's story comes from Iran. A gardener's boy falls in love with a princess, but their marriage is prevented by her father's wazir. However, this dirty, ragged boy has a secret, and he has a flying horse, the colt Ketas on his side. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Magic Hoofbeats collection. This is the story of the Colt Ketas, a story from Iran. Once upon a time, there was a king with only one son. The king's wife had died, and so he married again to give the young prince a mother. But the new queen hated the young prince. She wanted her own children to inherit the throne. The prince had a friend a magical talking colt named Ketas. When the prince was off with the mullah, the priest who taught him, the queen slipped poison into his food. But Ketas saw this and warned the prince, do not eat. I am not hungry, he told the queen. The queen frowned, but she watched the path the prince used when he went off to the mullah. She had a secret pit dug and covered the opening with leaves. But Ketas saw this and warned the prince, there is a pit in your path. So the prince tiptoed carefully around it. The queen frowned. It is the colt Ketas who protects him. Remove the colt and the prince will be without a friend. She took to her bed, weeping, only a soup made of the colt Ketas will cure me. The prince said to his father, What must be, must be. Only let me ride Ketas one last time. He put on his jewels and his royal robes and rode Ketas once around the palace, twice around the palace. And as they rode a third time around the palace, Ketas leaped up into the air and flew off. No one in that land ever saw them again. On they flew, over hills and plains, till at last they came to a town. Ketas landed near the royal gardens and said, Here is where you shall find your new life. First, Give me your jewels and royal robes. Disguise yourself in dirty old clothes and cover your head with that scrap of sheepskin. It is not yet time for you to be recognized. You must find yourself work in the royal gardens. I will do that, the prince said. But what about you? Ketas shook his shining mane. Pull some hairs from my mane and keep them safe. Whenever you need me, you need only burn a hair and I shall appear. With that, Ketas flew off. The prince found himself a job in the royal gardens and worked long and hard for days. But he was lonely and one night he burned a hair of Ketas' mane. Instantly, the colt was there with him and the prince put on his royal clothes again and rode Ketas. The king's youngest daughter was on her balcony, and she saw the prince. Not with one heart, but a hundred hearts did she fall in love with him. 
and went hurrying down from the palace to see who this stranger might be. But by the time she reached the garden, Katos had flown away, and only the gardener's boy with his scrap of sheepskin was there. The princess was not fooled. She studied him, then said, Aha! I know you even under that disguise. Snatching the sheepskin from his head, she demanded, Tell me who you are. The prince had fallen just as suddenly and surely in love, and he told her his story. Keep my secret, he pleaded, and the princess agreed. The princess had two older sisters, and the king's wazir, his prime minister, was ambitious. He wanted to marry his two sons to the king's two older daughters, so he made sure his sons secretly courted the two older daughters. Then he went to the king with three lovely melons and begged the king to cut them open. This is a riddle, your majesty. The king cut the melons open. The largest melon was very ripe. The middle melon was ripe, but the third melon was barely ripe. The king frowned. What is the answer to this riddle? These are your daughters, your majesty. The eldest and middle daughters are ripe for marriage. The third is still a child. True, the king mused. What do you think I should do? Invite all the courts to come before you for a great feast. Give the three princesses each a golden orange. As each princess sees the man whom she is willing to wed, she must hand him her orange. The king did as the wazir bid. The two older princesses handed their oranges to the sons of the wazir. But the youngest princess refused all the glittering nobles. She hunted for the dirty, ragged gardener's boy with his sheepskin on his head and gave him her orange. Everyone in the court made fun of her. The king gave his two oldest daughters in marriage to the two sons of the wazir. But the thought of his youngest daughter's choice of that dirty, ugly nobody of a gardener's boy made him ill with grief. So ill did the king become that he took to his bed. The royal doctors treated him with different medicines, but nothing helped. At last, a wise man said, There is a golden bird in the desert that no one can catch. If any were to kill it, and give it to the king to eat, he would be cured. We will bring back the golden bird for the king, cried the two sons of the wazir. I will go with you, muttered the gardener's boy. The wazir's sons laughed. What nonsense is this? We are the sons of a nobleman, while you are barely a human being. I will go with you the gardener's boy insisted. When they saw that he would not give up, the sons of the wazir said to the royal groom, Find him the worst nag in all the stables. Then they dressed in their noble finery and mounted the finest of horses. Together with servants and guards, they rode off on their quest. The prince rode after them on his slow, limping nag, 
when they had left him far behind, he stopped and burned a hair of Katas' mane. Instantly, Katas appeared. All you need to cure the king, he said, is the golden bird's head and feet, and that we shall win. The prince changed into his royal robes and sprang onto Katas. Off they flew, and soon came upon the two sons of the wazir, who were trying and trying to catch the golden bird, but missing it each time. Who are you? they asked the prince. I am a king's son, out seeing the world. What are you trying to do? We must bring back that golden bird to our king, our father-in-law, so that he may eat it and be well again. But we cannot catch that cursed bird. I can, the prince told them. If you will sign a paper saying that you will be my slaves, I will catch the golden bird for you. The two sons of the wazir whispered together. He doesn't know who we are. How can he make us his slaves? We'll take the bird and hurry home and be heroes. So they willingly signed the paper. The prince leaped onto Katas' back. Katas leaped into the air. And in no time at all, they had hunted down and slain the golden bird. Keeping the head and feet for himself, the prince handed over the rest to the two sons of the wazir. Delighted to have outwitted this stranger, they galloped away. Katas carried the prince back to where he'd left the lame old nag. Changing back into his gardener's boy's rags, the prince waved goodbye to Katas and started slowly back to the palace. The two sons of the wazir quickly overtook him, sneering at him as they galloped past. As soon as they reached the royal palace, they cooked the golden bird in a fine sauce, put it in a golden bowl, and brought it to the king with a golden spoon. The king ate, but he became even more ill. The gardener's boy cooked the head and feet of the golden bird, put them in a wooden bowl, and brought it to the king with a wooden spoon. What mockery is this? the king shouted. But his wife murmured, The poor boy has travelled long and hard. It would be unkind not to at least taste his offering. The king took a taste. Then he took another. Soon he had eaten it all and leaped out of bed, completely healthy once more. Send for my sons-in-law! he ordered. When the two sons of the wazir appeared, the king roared at them. What was good, you gave away to this poor boy. What was bad, you fed to me. But we gave nothing to this boy, they argued. He couldn't keep up with us. My poor old nag could not, the gardener's boy agreed. I got what I got from a prince. Ask these two, your majesty. Ask them what befell them with that prince. And with their heads lowered, they told how they had signed the deed of slavery, and how the stranger had then slain the golden bird and taken only its head and feet. He must have given them to this poor boy. 
The gardener's boy smiled and pulled a paper out of his clothing. I was that stranger. Here is the deed of slavery they signed. He pulled off the sheepskin and threw off the rags, and there stood the prince in his royal robes. The king was overjoyed. My daughter was right, and I was wrong. You two shall be wed at once. In time, the prince and his princess came to sit on the royal throne. The prince set free his two brothers-in-law and made them his wazirs. And what of the colt Katas? He flew free wherever he wished, but he returned whenever he wished. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.